Will, this episode of TOEFOP is brought to you by ShipStation. Oh, really? Oh, it's nice to have ShipStation on board. I hear them sponsor other podcasts and I've always been slightly jealous that they didn't want to get involved <laughs> with the TOEFOP brand, Charlie. And now ShipStation are on board. Congratulations. Well, congratulations to us, I guess. I was going to say congratulations to, yeah. to ShipStation. <laughs> Commiserations no. to ShipStation. Congratulations to us. ShipStation.com. Make ship happen. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. The following episode of TOEFOP is rated M.A. It may contain Batman references, time travel references, sexual references, lost trains of thought, and mild course language. TOEFOP advises that the program is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who enjoys succinct, coherent conversation that might actually have a point. Minors must be accompanied by a parent, guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. Relax. This is Tofop. I'm Charlie Clawson. <laughs> I'm Will Anderson. I am relaxed. Yeah. I haven't been drinking. I had a beer with you last week and uh, I am having the occasional beer with somebody, but uh, in a general sense, I'm not drinking midweek and doing shows and drinking much. And I have forgotten that alcohol actually really affects you if you're not consuming it all the time. Yeah. So I've like only had one and a half beers. Uh, but I feel, I feel like... So get prepared for some honest statements. <laughs> so what I'm going to say is I've made a list <laughs> of people who were first up against the wall come the revolution. Yeah, I... Uh... No, I, like, but in the way that like all the things about being slightly tipsy come back, whereas like, I was like, okay, I'm going to have one more beer. But when I was decided to have that one more beer, I'd already decided that meant that all the plans I had for the rest of the day <laughs> post this podcast are gone. Yeah. I've decided that my day will involve me laying on the couch, watching the football, eating some sort of junk food that yeah. I order from some delivery service. And that is all that I have left in me today. So I'm an enabler today. Based, based uh, on a beer and a half, I've made that decision. <laughs> I've given up on all my dreams and plans and expectations for the day. Um, I just showed you the Tom Cruise deep fake. We uh, gave that a bit of a sizzle last episode. Um, it's on YouTube. Uh, it's a channel called Corridor Cruise and Visual Effects Guys. They made this Tom Cruise deep fake where they got a Tom Cruise impersonator came in and then they put Tom Cruise's face on him. And it's really interesting. It's a little 15 minute video behind the scenes of how it was done. But I've sort of been a bit obsessed with it because I saw it and it's it's so uncanny and frightening. And the guys, the way they make this documentary. Now, we need to point out firstly, just yeah. for the record, that Tom Cruise is of himself a little uncanny and yes. frightening. So. He's a good person to deep fake because there's already an element that of uncanny, dead eyed. Yeah, dead eyed. The fact that like the computer can't fully replicate the human emotional face kind of works on Tom Cruise because his face doesn't look natural or human anyway. Ah. Like because he isn't naturally aged. Yeah, like you know he looks so much younger than he should. So he already looks a bit. He's always so well presented. Like you know. Yeah. Like like a computer simulation would be, mm. you know, like there's no sloppiness about Tom Cruise at all. And then his mannerisms and the way he speaks are such 
sort of explosions of cartoonish, you know, sort of communication. The affectations. Yeah. He I has think- affectations that if you were mimicking human behavior and you're like, to express enthusiasm, I do this. <laughs> like, that's what it feels like. It is like, a, it is like someone impersonating a human. Yeah, exactly. So he already fits the criteria of putting it, doing a deep fake of, I think, pretty well. Yeah. So this video, uh, it's uh, they show you, and it's all like, the thing that I find so fascinating about it is obviously like the tech and how it's done, and they explain how the algorithm works and how you scan faces, and then the computer sort of matches up the the plate, the, the face that you're putting the face onto with the celebrity's face, and they find likenesses, and then they sort of mix them together. Also, what I love is that like, it takes a whole weekend for them to run this program, right? To, yeah. to actually get it... To, to render properly. it. Which would just be great if movies were more realistic. Like if in the next Mission Impossible movie, <laughs> like they had to do something like that, but then they were just like, all right, well, I guess... See you Monday. Monday? <laughs> we'll reconvene on Monday. We'll just let this computer program run for the weekend because that's how long yeah. it actually takes and then we'll... So like the final scene of Independence Day when they get into the mothership and they're yeah. like, okay, let's upload the virus. Yeah. Oh, it's this is going to take 26 hours. It's 26 <laughs> All right. Okay, well, uh, I guess we just hang so out for the next 26 hours. Never have I ever. Play, you guys want to play Never Have I, I guess I we've got uh, 12 Independence Day sequels coming yeah, out and so. each one, two, three, four, five, six. It's just them. Just <laughs> Jeff Goldblum and Will Smith. Just like doing around. a crossword. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, yeah, so this this video, it, the thing that's striking about it is is all that kind of tech, but it's done in this kind of really upbeat poppy kind of style where everyone's so enthusiastic and stuff and i'm watching it going you guys are creating the end of the world and you're so happy about it enthusiastic like at one point one of the guys goes like you know if we can crack this code then this could revolutionize not just the world of media and visual effects but news and how we consume information i'm like yeah yeah Yeah. so maybe pull the plug on it now (laughs) we'll never ever know what is real ever again and truth will mean nothing in this nothing. world. The one thing that's been important to all humanity, which is some sort of notion of what is real and what is not real, some sort of like, you know, sort of general standard for truth will be completely gone forever and we can never believe anything, even if we see it with our own eyes. But what does that mean? Has there, has there been a science fiction, a dystopian? It everything is fine. <laughs> everything will work out tickety-boo. There is no way this will blow up in our faces. Well, like in something like 1984, the people who are like, you know, the, the, the victims of the oppressive kind of regime, they are aware that they're being fed, fed misinformation, yeah. aren't they? Okay. Well, we will be aware. We're yeah. aware that we're being fed misinformation, but we still, uh, it doesn't, the, the fact that we know these things doesn't stop them from working on us. Something that we learned from working on Gruen, which is a show about advertising, the way that advertisers manipulate us. There's been a myriad of studies that show- Myriad studies. A myriad. What's I think it's just myriad studies. You don't say, ah, you don't oh, singularize it. Right. There's, there's been, been myriad, myriad studies. I think it's like saying many. Oh, is that right? You don't say there's been a many studies. There's uh, been myriad I studies. I do that. I say there has been a many studies. Because <laughs> I'm uh, Mario. <laughs> it's me, Professor Mario. There's been many studies on the... Um, so there's been myriad studies uh, on the fact that... Um, just because you know how something works doesn't stop it from working on you. Yeah. So the idea that people know more about the way we're being manipulated doesn't stop the manipulation from actually working on us. Which is... So that makes it even more terrifying. 
because it doesn't even matter that we know that these things exist and that we know that what we're watching might not be true. We'll still react. We still will react, react and be manipulated by it. But and does, then there'll be the people who don't know. So there'll be the people who think that what they're seeing is true, you know, particularly older people who, who don't understand, you know, what technology can do now. Mm. They'll just believe it, you know, and then news, you'll never be able to believe news because even legitimate news will be able yeah. to be dismissed well, by... Because any... if, if something real happens, the people who want you to believe it's not real can just say, that's a deep fake. Yeah. Because once the technology exists, you can then just... So real stuff isn't real anymore either because people don't know whether it's faked or not. Every cop show or thriller that ends with someone confronting the mayor, you know, with the video footage of him like doing the thing, you know, threatening to sell off the town's oil or whatever, is now at the bunk because the mayor just goes, that's a deep fake, that's not me. Yeah. So TV writers well, are going to have to the, change their, essentially the, their world, act. the world has become the last minute of Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Which is you never know whether it is actually just the, the old caretaker who ran the amusement park with a mask on. So, so if, if there is no objective truth, or there is objective truth, you just can't discern it from the noise. Right. But everyone and is... And does objective truth even exist if people can't discern it? If there's no way of knowing what objective truth is, then is, is it even objective? Well, there'd still have to be some objective truths in that world, right? Like science, like the sun. But isn't the sun? But isn't science true because it's observable? Isn't that the very nature? That like the very measurement of science is that it's something yeah, but, that you observe. To but be I'm true. saying, like, there are certain things you will not be able. You'll be able to manipulate our media, but there'll be certain like day to day things that you can't manipulate. You'll yeah, still you won't be able to manipulate the actual reality. Reality, but. You'll be able to manipulate people's perceptions of the reality and the way that people believe in a flat earth or whatever. Like Yeah. So if it came out like if someone released some propaganda, some anti TOFOP propaganda, which was like you and I beating baby seals to death. It's the first thirty episodes. (laughs) (laughs) We deep faked ourselves. That's why. We made those first 30 apps, so no one could discredit us. We will discredit ourselves. (laughs) Exactly. This is a preemptive discrediting. So if like video came out and it's you and I on Port Phillip Island and we're like kicking a bunch of penguins. Yeah. Oh. We're kicking wow, a bunch hang of Hang on. This is clearly a yeah, deep fake Charlie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's how people spot it. Because you correctly pronounce penguin. All right. So a video comes out. Yeah. And we're like it's you and I yeah. kicking a bunch of fairy penguins. Fairy penguins. I say penguins. <laughs> nah <right>. shit. <laughs> uh, fairy birds. <laughs> Fairy water birds. They're not called that anymore anyway. They're uh, tiny penguins, little penguins. Oh, is fairy not woke? Not woke. Why? Because there's, well, there was a connotation that fairy was. It came from because they look like little dandy men or something like that. (laughs) Can we call them the dandy penguins? Does dandy have a negative connotation? The dandy penguins. The dandy penguins. penguins. Oh, no, no, we're not using the other word. No, we get it. The F word, we don't use it anymore. But we prefer to call them dandy penguins. <laughs> dandy, we give them little top hats and canes now. Yeah. We believe that mini penguins is the meaning. Okay, so it's a two-minute video, CCTV, and it looks like us. And we're running around kicking these dandy penguins and around, <laughs> like destroying the habitats and stuff. And so that video we're gets... We're 10 penguin bowls. <laughs> that video gets sent out. What is our... All right, what is our we got crisis meeting? This video is going around, yeah. waiting for a statement or some kind of like from us. What do we do? We go straight to the deep. It's not us. It's deep fake. Wasn't me. Yeah, we go the shaggy, shaggy defense. We we say this is our lawyer, Shaggy. 
But it wasn't us, right? It wasn't us. So in that case, 100%, that's what we tell people. We tell people it wasn't us and we'd blame deep fake technology. So we go straight to deep fake? Yeah. Well, I guess so. Well, because does the I technology... Because even though that Tom Cruise thing is pretty amazing, it still looks fake. Yeah. But this looks exactly like us. So we say deep fake and people... That Corridor Crew guys call us something and say, impossible, it's too good. Like we work in visual effects. There is no I'll blending. No, 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 no need for you assholes to get <laughs> We can make you a free plug. <laughs> Don't now fucking pot us. <laughs> you bastards. Seriously, we've never met. What are you, <laughs> what are you involving yourself in this business? This is none of your business. All right, so visual effects experts, yeah. they analyze it and they say, look, you know, we look at, we create visual effects all the time. This looks undoctored to okay. us. Well, I'd say or, or someone argues that the deep fake technology that we're describing, so it's a two minute video. And for yeah. instance, just to give it, someone says, deep fake technology doesn't allow you to do two minutes of unedited, you know, footage, just for instance. Mm. So what do we do then? Well, then I would say this um, there must be another explanation. Let's find out what it is. Because that's the only answer, right? Because you know you didn't do it. So therefore, there must be an answer to the question that you're asking. So do you start to think maybe you did do it and you can't remember? I, I don't think that even... You would not question reality at all. You wouldn't like go, fuck, like... It'd give you... Like you when you had that plane incident, you said there was a moment you're like, shit, did I do something wrong? Like, And that was like, you knew exactly where you'd been. But this is penguins. <laughs> You kicking some dandy penguins about. Yeah, okay. Well, I'd check my diary. Yeah. I'd see if I happened to be where the penguins were that day. So you'd already have to have... First thing you do yeah. is I reckon you study the clothes that they're wearing. Because if it is a double, like, you just... To make, they, if they're well, wearing... Yeah, I know. You know what it would be for me? What? The way they walked. Oh, yes. Because of my distinctive gait. Right. So we and go they to the, say that someone's gait is as distinctive as their fingerprint. fingerprint. Right. So we go to that. And I have an incredibly distinctive. We go to a visual effects company yeah. and we get them to film you walking and then they create a CGI model. And then we take that. Uh, you know what? You're on a The defense rest. Yeah. Boom. Look at that. Look at this. <laughs> Mr. Anderson, Mr. Clausen, this is not a courtroom. <laughs> this is a courtroom, but this is not your case. <laughs> you can't just walk in here. Um, yeah, so they get an impersonator in, this deep fake mob, and then they put Tom Cruise's face over him. So yeah. they've got him doing the sort of mannerisms. So you'd have to get like a me impersonator yes. to really pull it off. That, yeah. That's what makes it... Yeah, that's what they say in the video is like, it's the he's the tone of his voice and the mannerisms, the hardest things to match. Because it's not like now... I mean, you can grab someone's face and just throw it on anyone, but it's not convincing if they have to talk or, you know be themselves so but that will come right you think that because at the moment it's deep fakers and just deep face but pretty soon they'll be able to scan entire bodies won't they absolutely 100 percent. you won't need the model to put the body that put the face on it'll just be you create it from nothing i absolutely within months <laughs> by the time mean? this podcast comes out <laughs> Uh, yeah, we're banking a couple. By the time this podcast comes out, this will be technology. People will be listening to this going, what are you talking about? They must have recorded this a couple of weeks ago because we've had that technology for at least a week. <laughs> so honestly, what happens though? Like just say this thing, it, it would start slowly, right? Videos mm. would start coming out and then there'll be a major incident in which, 
you know, yeah, something happens and then everyone's mad about it and then it turns out it was a deep fake and then it raises this huge question of like everyone was sucked in. Yeah, exactly. So, then it becomes, so it'll be some sort of American, around the American election. Right. So whoever's running against Donald Trump, there will be a video come out of that person doing something atrocious and it will be a deep fake. Yeah. I guarantee that will happen in the run up to... I guarantee. But I... You I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised that if in the run-up to the next election, there is a deep fake video released of whoever is running against Donald Trump. Well, they're Trump. already releasing like heavily edited videos of people. Right, that, that's That's right. happening all the time. Exactly. So they're already taking pre-existing things and doing... Yeah, or I, selectively edited quotes. I have quotes. no doubt that they the next step of that is deep fake. So that happens, right? And it's a massive incident. And everyone... everyone the- because the thing is too, it doesn't matter if these things are discredited in the mainstream media now. Yeah. Like the idea that, you know, the video. So say it's some video of like, I don't know, Bernie Sanders jerking off a chicken. Yeah. And like, that what would happen <laughs> is... Oh my God! There's chicken! I'll tell you what. I'll do it. I'll do it for free. Because we should have a centralized. He's like, I can't, can I, is that race if I do Betty Sanders? That's like my. It's anti Semitic. Yeah, is it? Oh. Um, so yeah, again, we don't need to be deep fake. We'll deep fake ourselves. <laughs> Come here, chicken. No, all right. Enough of that. Even the deep fake refuses to say the words that we've been saying. <laughs> um, but yeah, so whatever it is, yeah. the mainstream media go, this is a deep fake. But the problem is that people who aren't watching the mainstream media and. Uh, like signed up to these you know, YouTube channels or video game things or are getting the ads or the articles or whatever just directed at them. It doesn't matter if the mainstream media discredits because now they have this video where these the dude bros are passing around on their incel sites where they're like, oh, look at this. Mm. Look at this. Bernie Sanders can finger a chicken, but I can't finger a woman because, you know, yeah, women are all terrible. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, sure. whatever they say. Yeah. Like, I haven't been on Reddit for a while, but yeah. th- that's the gist. Yeah. You get your own column. <laughs> that was in The Guardian last week. Don't worry about Reddit. Uh, yeah, so that's how it starts. But then, there's, so the, so everyone realizes that they've been duped. So it's like a fucking landmark moment. You know what it is? It's it's two-pack hologram. <laughs> all of a sudden, everyone goes, holy fuck, okay? So we know we can be duped. So does that mean the next major sto- story that comes out or there is a, then there's a credible scandal, you know, so-and-so found with so-and-so, blah, 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 video footage, that goes nowhere? Or the debate gets, so much noise becomes around, is this real or not, that actually what happened is, is sort of left to the side? Well, I think absolutely that's the case. Or does that those things happen in tandem? People try and, you know, expose this case or, you know, get some action to this case while people debate whether or not it's real. Well, you just have to get to the point where it's like with the fake news thing. All you need is some news to be discredited and then you have the evidence, the proof that you know they're just making shit up, that there is fake news and then you can call everything fake news. So it's the same with deep fakes. You need one credible or a couple of credible things where it is deep fake and then you can say everything is deep fake. But you need to get it on the zeitgeist, on the agenda by there being a couple of convincing then exposed deep fakes yeah and then everybody goes oh yeah right any video can be a deep fake i don't think you can lead with deep fake now is my point if you had a damaging bit of video you couldn't just go it's a deep fake because not enough people know what a deep fake is you need deep fake to become prominent in public and then you can use it as any excuse so how do people how do governments and groups weaponize deep fakes apart from obviously to like discrediting 
you know, political opponents or movements or whatever? Is there other ways that it can be done? Mate, you could start a war, like just by like a video of Donald a Trump threat. threatening Kim, Kim Jong Un. You know, just some videos come out of the White House of Donald Trump, you know, threatening he's about to bomb North Korea. You don't think North Korea would shoot off a fucking weapon or two in response to that if they, if it f- felt credible? So who's doing that? Russia. They're creating, the, they're creating that just to wipe out America. Right. Get Maybe Russia's creator. doing it, right? Some Russians having some fun. We'll do a deep fake video of Donald Trump threatening North Korea, getting to set off some bombs, and then we can bomb some places. So that, what that suggests to me is that I think you have one opportunity to do that. You only have one shot, one opportunity. <laughs> yeah, so you get Eminem to threaten North Korea. <laughs> like back in his Slim Shady days. <laughs> he uses some decidedly non-woke lyrics. <laughs> He does some sketch where like Kim Jong-un's giving him a blowjob. <laughs> he brings back Ken Kniff. <laughs> well, we're going to take a little break from the show to talk about our new sponsor, ShipStation. Welcome on board, ShipStation, for a start. What is, who are ShipStation and what do ShipStation do, Charlie? Well, let me uh, answer your question with another question, Will. Okay. Do you sell stuff online? Say yes. Yes. Yes, I do. I sell so much stuff online. Then you know what a pain the shipping process is. It's time consuming. Oh. It can be expensive. You're always copying and pasting orders from, from multiple sites trying to figure out the best carrier. You know what? It's, it's a hassle. Hang on. Is this an advertising copy from ShipStation or is this from a clairvoyant who understands my life in every intricate detail? Well, let's say it's both. ShipStation may also be clairvoyant. We haven't verified that, but let's say, yes, you're, you're right on both counts. ShipStation was created to make your life a little easier. And guess what? Now it's the number one e-commerce solution. The number one? Oh, thanks for getting on board once you're number one, ShipStation. Oh, you know what? I've gone through a lot of e-commerce solutions and many of them have been terrible, but now I've got to number one. Whether you're selling on eBay, Amazon or Shopify or over a hundred other popular selling channels, ShipStation lets you access all of your orders from one simple dashboard. That's amazing because I actually sell from 98 different uh, sites. I'm, I'm all over the internet. This I'm all over this because I've been trying to uh, I've been trying to off- offload some stuff. I've been trying to get rid of CDs. Do you remember CDs, Will? Compact discs, I believe they're known as. Yes. Yeah, I do remember them. What are you trying to do with them? I have a Beatles box set. It's, uh, I think it's commonly known as the Beatles bread box. Uh, I bought it in like, 1998 when I thought, I'm going to hang on to this forever. <laughs> this, is not only, this is not only like you know, music history, it's a keepsake. It's all the Beatles CDs with a little booklet in a little bread box that says the Beatles on the outside. I better get this because where else would I ever hear Beatles music? <laughs> yeah, Exactly. <laughs> I've been trying to sell this thing, and I tell you, it's been a pain in the ass using all these e-commerce sites, and ShipStation could solve all my problems. So the way it works is they work with all the major shipping carriers locally and globally, including FedEx, UPS, and all the local couriers like USPS, Australia Post, and more. I use more all the time, so that's ideal. Yeah, Darcy Moore has his own company. Yeah, exactly. Darcy Moore from the Collingwood Football Club. I, I actually use his father, Peter Moore. Anyway, these are very obscure jokes for the good people at ShipStation. ShipStation will recommend the best carrier based on your needs so you can know that you're always getting the best deal. They even offer special discounts on shipping costs. A one-man shop can access the same postage discounts that are usually reserved for large Fortune 500 companies. I like the idea that if you use ShipStation, you can call yourself a one-man shop. Exactly. And I feel like we are a Fortune 500 company. 
in that in 500 years we will finally make a fortune from this podcast. <laughs> it's no wonder that ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time at the best rates available. So here's the important bit. This is the call to action. Right now, TOEFOP listeners get to try ShipStation for free for 60 days when you use the promo code TOEFOP. There's absolutely no risk. You can start your free trial without even entering your credit card info. So how's that? 60 days of just responsibility-free shipping. I mean, even if you don't ship things, consider starting to ship things just based on this deal. Yeah, get your ship together. All right, I was expecting a bigger laugh there. I'll continue. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> no reaction from my <laughs> All you need to do is visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page and type in TOFOP. That's T-O-F-O-P. ShipStation.com. Enter the promo code TOFOP and make ship happened. <laughs> happened. Not happened. Happened. Oh, damn it. Uh, but I reckon you want to get one... One opportunity to do that because after that, everyone's going to start questioning. So maybe North Korea, like whatever that first incident is where everyone wakes up to it, then I think North Korea might be hesitant to press that button because everyone's got to be on their best. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. That, that was what I was so, saying before. There's, so if you've got a couple of, you've got one or two shots at using deep fake before everybody is like, is that a deep fake? Yeah. So hopefully that first one that everyone realizes how convincing it is, isn't one that starts war. Hopefully it's just fucking like, the Beatles are playing together. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? That would be nice. Like if the one that like makes us go, holy shit, we all need to be super on guard about what we consume. It's just like the Beatles, are fucking look at them, they're playing in Times Square and it's really convincing. I think the amount of stuff though you could bring out, like they found this old footage of the Beatles, for example, mm. where you could just like, you know, some tapes come out, Dude, they can deep fake from fucking photographs, right. like still images. They animated the Mona Lisa. And she's not even real, I don't think. <laughs> well, not anymore, at the very least. Like, yeah, it's fucking crazy. We're, I mean, you can't help but think we are going to go into this virtual world. Like, we're going to just create a world. We, You know, these, these meat bags are holding us back. Like, if we can just get to that world where we can... You know, you can interact with fucking Mona Lisa. You can live in a world where everyone is a two-dimensional character. But why? What's what? What point in our evolution is that? Because it. How is that? How is that better than what we have now? Because real life hurts and it's painful. Uh, calm down, Michael Stark. No, but to think about why people play like. If you've ever played a video game where you're like, "This is addictive. I want to stay in this world," and it's so much more fun than the real world, and you don't have to. I mean, it's uh, Ready Player One is what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't think that I have ever played a video game that is so good that I didn't want to go back to the real world. So I think that... Well, you didn't... Did you never get addicted? Were you like... You did like eight hours on a... No. Right. And I've always wanted to. Right. To. Like, it's not through not wanting to. I've always wanted to find a video game that I was like, yeah, this is like... Because I hear those stories of people just going, getting a new game and playing 80 hours of it and stuff. And I'm like, that sounds fun. Yeah. But I've just never really had that fun. But also... I just don't know. I'm. I don't know. Are we humans anymore? If we just get loaded into a you know a machine into like a program? Well, maybe not humans, but we're humans 2.0. It's not Homo sapien. It's Homo superior. Mm, sounds like something a fucking robot. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's not going to happen in our lifetime. So, but it just feels like 
if you can manipulate well it's questioning what reality is if we can if we're trying to manipulate reality so badly and then somehow we can move consciousness into that space doesn't that make sense rather Does than it make sense but then aren't we are we still human beings at that point like uh, oh oh <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, no. Oh, wow. The funniest thing that's ever <laughs> happened on this podcast just happened. And because... Oh, no. Oh, I'm so glad I saw that, that I had the honor of, of seeing what just happened. It was an honor and a privilege. That nobody else will ever get to experience. That was amazing. Like, as a punctuation point for us talking about being harnessed to this earth as like dumb old meat bags and that we could evolve to this better civilization without these dumb bodies that we're in. And then Charlie is trying to like a like an early primitive caveman trying to use tools to try to use a little spoon to get the lid off his beer. And it is it is popped off. People would have heard at the pop. It was like someone's had a baby and someone's cracked open the champagne. Like the lid popped off that thing. Like somebody had just won the fucking Grand Prix in Monaco. And it was smashed up into your head. Hit me in the throat. Hit you in the throat. <laughs> it fired off. I guess it must have been a, a quite gassy because I, cr- oh. I cranked the lid off and it was like I was being like macho. <laughs> just, just using the edge of a spoon. But this thing fucking bullet straight into my throat. I don't even know where the lid ended up. Smashed into your throat. Oh, wait, it ended across up. the room. <laughs> it hit my throat so hard. Oh. It was like a ninja Could star. taking your eye out. It's hilarious. Well, it was hilarious because you're not dead. <laughs> Like, I was very You're right. Up. Maybe it is time to load us into the machines. It's a point in case, mate. These things are so fragile. They're so fragile. But I mean, then, then what are we? If consciousness, and what is that consciousness doing? Um, I don't know. Experiencing, uh, experiencing stimulation, um, taking in ex- experiences, uh, learning, growing, For maybe what transcending. Point? What? For what reason? For what reason? Because bird got to fly, fish got to swim, brother. Yeah, but it feels now like we're not flying or swimming. What's the next? Well, that's because what's the next state of evolution? Because you're turning after being just consciousness. Well, maybe there's an evolution within consciousness that we need to, that we need to explore. Maybe if we get <laughs> a lot, rid of, a lot of fucking maybes in your plan. Of here, course. Well, you t- oh, I'm sorry. Like we're talking about <laughs> uploading our consciousness. Into uh, like a virtual space. So, of course, it's all theoretical. Yeah, but so we're going to lose so much on this theoretical idea that maybe there'll be some sort of like, yeah, then we're all just consciousness and blah, blah, blah. But could we all just not be consciousness and then cease to exist? Or like, maybe. It feels like at the moment we've got this racket going on. We're pretty much king of the planet. You know what I mean? Like, human beings. We're, we're top of the food chain-ish. Someone told me about a documentary. It's on... not Push Our Luck. <laughs> I think it's on Netflix. I can't remember. Maybe maybe it was Elon Musk or someone else mm. was saying that what we should be doing, like Earth is such a rare commodity, like the fact the conditions of Earth to hold life and the fact that we're drilling into it and digging stuff up and just like killing it makes no sense when there is a universe 
filled with all the minerals we need to run this planet. And if we invested in actually just mining these like dead rocks around us in outer space, but keeping this one unique, precious, life-sustaining rock like in perfect condition, then that will fix a lot of our problems. But we are digging away at the ground we're standing on. Like there's everything we need out there, but we're destroying where we're standing. Right. Yeah. Well, that has makes some sense to me. I mean, it's sad that our solution is space mining. Yeah. <laughs> but but if, it, if one good thing comes out of Armageddon. But yeah, but you're right. Like at least to me, it feels like what is happening here on Earth seems like such so many things have had to happen to make this happen and we are so keen to just fuck with it yeah we're so keen to go what next we frack what else it. can we do <laughs> we froze the oil what else can we dig up and burn, it, calm, and burn. Turn into things i know and- let's get the gas trapped between the earth right blow that up and let's invent all this technology that we don't understand that we have yeah. no capacity to adapt to. Let's harness the power of the sun by splitting an atom. Let's make sure that nobody can understand what Rather than actually harnessing the power of the sun. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if we've got so good at being humans that we should be so desperate to evolve to the next stage of what it means to be a human. I think that's inevitable though, right? What are you, you're saying, everyone, hey, evolution, just hold up. Just wait a sec. Steady. Think this through. Steady on. Why are we in so... But it's a biological, why are we it's in, a biological drive. But it's, not to rush at such an exponential rate. I believe that we're trapped in a... Like, I understand the idea of evolution is something that is... But we are trying to evolve at a rate that is so rapid at the moment how do you know? that I'm just like... Maybe this is the exact speed we're meant to be doing it at. Well, that's a very wishy-washy perspective. Why is... Like, the, why is there an exact speed? I just think that human well, not beings, the exact speed, human but... beings have evolved to a certain point at a reasonably steady rate of evolution, and now suddenly we're trying to jam this like technological if... evolution into like our you know slowly evolving meat bags. Yeah, but isn't isn't that how? And like... now suddenly you're anti meat bags. Suddenly not... you're like, let's get rid of our meat bags. Well, that's isn't that how evolution works? Though? Like evolution is a like the human race is just a bunch of people running towards like a tiny doorway. Only a few are going to squeeze through. Like that's what we're no, doing but, now. Is... But if we'd slowed down, like fucking, and let everyone go ago, one at a time, <laughs> yeah, everything would have been sweet. But with like the fact that we're packing more and more people onto the planet and digging up more and more shit and burning more shit and creating so much rubbish, like. Just everything is rubbish, like plastic and hor- like, like we're we're the ones who, who are. What what is our what's our backup plan? <laughs> That's what I don't get at the moment. Is like, you know, it feels like upload our consciousness <laughs> to a virtual world, and then send that virtual world into outer space and hope we're discovered by well, people who can put like us into. Feels like we're living in a rental house and we've just like trashed it. Trashed it. <laughs> And when someone says, what are you going to do about this? Our solution is upload our consciousness (laughs) to the Matrix. Yeah, seriously. Like the house inspection is Monday morning. We've spent all weekend partying. We're lying on the living room floor surrounded by shit. And your mate's like, the fucking agent is coming around at 9 a.m. What are we going to do? do? Dude, let's upload our consciousness to a virtual world. It's the only solution we've got left. Oh, man. Well, it has to go somewhere, right? I mean, the thing is, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I love your attitude to this, which is always like, oh, well, it has to go somewhere. Well, it's, I guess that's what's happening. If, I guess that's what evolution is. Well, the planet's going to be fine. I mean, it will 
last. Like maybe we're going to put it into a fucking death spiral for a couple hundred centuries or whatever, but it's been around a long time. Like I think there is, if you look at the, what is it? They, they call it the cosmic calendar where we exist in terms of how long the planet's been there. It's like, yeah, but also I'm not saying I want us to live in a doomsday hellscape, but I'm also like, I think, I think some things are beyond our control in terms of why we're racing towards. I'm look. I'm an environmentalist, and I believe in man-made climate change and all these sort of things, with all the hypocrisies and contradictions, you know, that I also live on a day-to-day basis around that. But it, it, I'll, I'll say this: we always talk about saving the planet, but the truth of it is, is like I'm talking about saving human beings, mm. like. Not fuck the planet, because I agree with you. The planet will survive. You know, like, the planet's going to be fine. It might have a bad patch, but it'll bounce back. But that's not what I'm really talking about here. Mm. I'm talking about the survival of humankind. Mm. Like, the fact that we are this, like, absolute aberration, miracle, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> in the, you know, the corner Abomination. of the universe. <laughs> and we are just so intent on being the authors of our own <sighs> destruction. Mm. whoa tiger slow down this is it this is probably the only chance humans are ever going to get to be humans mm. why are we so desperate to f- fuck it up so quickly I don't know I just think there's some part of it is like a it's a biological imperative like we keep breeding and spreading and creating more and more technologies and, consu- and consuming and consuming it's but t- for what reason because I think there's a biological imperative I think I <laughs> No, you're saying biological imperative, like you're those fucking South African guys saying diplomatic (laughs) in lethal weapon. Like just saying biological imperative isn't enough. Well, you're saying like, why don't we just all pop the brakes and and stop? Because I think... Why not? Human nature is to... What? Destroy itself? And yeah, well, consume for sure. Yeah, but can... Is there not a level of... I mean, there was a time when the population uh, the population was so large where we were hunter-gatherers. And then, you know, we only sort of... We, it was an, There was an equilibrium to sort of taking only what was in your area and not growing. And then, obviously, centralised farming became a thing. And then people started moving towards cities. Like, there is a... It's a it's a laziness in terms of we didn't want to be hunter-gatherers. Like, we wanted... Yeah, I understand. But that was a long time ago. Like, so you're one. You're, you're saying, impatient for us to become enlightened. To go, oh, hang on, wait a sec. We've got these huge developed frontal lobes now. Well, and I'm we can impatient pick our way- for us to yes reject at least some of our biological imperative, if that's what you want to call it. Well, I, okay. Because I, because the way to kill us and the, destroy us. Then I think you make the the thing that is going to allow the biological imperative in the most uh, uh, low footprint way. You've yeah. got to make that economically viable for everyone. I think that is. All the scare campaigns, I mean, I don't know about other countries, but in Australia, like the scare campaign, I'm always amazed by it all comes down to power bills. Like you'll be paying more for power. And I'm always like, I feel like that's okay to pay more for power if it means like, you know, we're going to have like cleaner air and, you know, we're not going to have record temperatures in summer and stuff. Like I'm amazed that sort of people think there should be no cost or that you saving, you know, however much it is for your household a year is more important than maybe just making sure that like we don't have to dig another coal mine. You know, that's the thing that sort of does my head in is like, yeah, of course it's going to cost a little bit. It's like the shopping bags thing when they ban shopping bags and people freak down. It's like, well, the onus is on you to be a bit more organized and just keep a couple bags in your boot or whatever. And if you get to the point where you just forget and you turn up, then okay, 
we'll charge you 15 cents and that money maybe can be used, you know, to offset carbon. You know, to me, that all seems like reasonable kind of stuff, but I don't know. No, I, but, but that's what I'm saying. Why can't we do that? With everything. For the world. Because I think there's, the, cause it's money, like the fossil fuel companies are so powerful and the misinformation campaign is but so sophisticated. But surely we all know by now that, Ooh. surely. I don't know, man, because I, you know, when I said It's this, like you can't read, an, like today I read another thing about Port Phillip Bay, which is just down the road from here. Had, this year had 1.4 billion pieces of rubbish in it. mm in Port Phillip Bay, and that's rubbish. And they were like actually trumpeting the fact that people are using less straws now. You know, they've cut plastic yeah. straws out. And so heaps less of it is plastic straws. But there's still 1.4 billion pieces of rubbish floating out into the bay yeah. every year. That alone, like even before you start talking about, you know, the, the, the man-made climate change and all those sort of things. But this is just like rubbish that's in the water and stuff. Because there is an inconvenience and an apathy around like, I mean, we all know. But sometimes it's like it's con- it's not convenient to your life to for the use planet a ca- to still exist. Yes, yeah, so you. Won't, oh, I forgot my keep cup. Well, I, I'm still traveling. I'm going to get that disposable coffee cup. Yeah. Like, I mean, you'd be a hypocrite to say you led anyone led a perfect life. No, I absolutely. And even like you know, when I was in the states, I was totally shocked around Venice, like about how many plastic bottles there were. Like everywhere you went, they'd give you a plastic bottle. And even you know, the mate that I was staying with had like a cupboard full of plastic bottles and I was like why don't you just get like a cooler like a single one and he's like oh because they recycle the plastic and I'm like yeah but you know that that's like a one use recycling you know the plastic will eventually go into landfill at some point but that's that's something that like it we have recycling bins and so you're like oh yeah out of sight out of mind I'm doing my bit blah 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 if we really all had to think about how much work was required then you'd just be like oh I don't know I like my convenience a little bit well here's what I would uh I agree with a lot we of We pick that. and choose. Well, I agree with that. And I, what I we're environmentalists we about. Like so, you know, like everybody, there there are areas, you know, where I am. But what I'm but the actual stats say that most of the polluting that is being done is being done by major corporations. So there's an argument to be made that as good as it is that, you know, you're not using a plastic bottle, mm. it's actually the major corporations that have to change and change their yeah. Like, you know, and that individual action, while good and good to do and good to, isn't really going to do anything if the big corporations... Well, what about, you know, the the tactic that I hear about is in 2040, the film that we um, uh, did the, the fundraiser for last week, to point you here, it's like, well, you look into where you put your money in terms of banks and stuff or, or stocks and you withdraw it from places that support fossil fuels and give it to companies that support environmental causes. Like... But I, does, is that considered effective or is that like an individual, you know, not using plastic straws? Like I'm a small fry. Imagine if like, you know, the Murdoch family decided to move their money around. That might have an impact on a bank. I don't know that anyone's kind of like missing my life savings. See, well, see, do, Rupert Murdoch is your classic person who's probably been dead for 10 years and he's just been kept alive as a deep fake. Yes. Well, like, who could tell? Who could tell? And that would be your perfect one. Someone who's a bit of a recluse. Yeah. You don't see that often. Maybe yeah. just sending a Skype. Like, like it's say, like, for example, somebody could keep running News Limited yeah. you know, through a Rupert Murdoch deepfake if you only sent like Skype like, you know, messages and stuff to... And the that's de- the way you could definitely use it and keep it out of the spotlight. Yeah. Is impersonate somebody and manipulate things behind the scenes for a while like that. Yeah, I mean, you could have kept Stan Lee alive for another fucking 20 years. Right. I mean, they're probably... 
Probably have, actually. I heard on uh, on the Weekly Planet that they shot a whole bunch of like footage of him but when they knew he was sort of ill so that they can keep giving him cameos. So they probably keep, by the time they get to like phase six or whatever it is, he'll be so deep faked that there'll be a Stan Lee cameo. Stan Lee will actually be Iron Man. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. You can keep a figurehead alive. Yeah. Someone like Fox, for a show like Fox News, which is is so reliant on their opinion makers, like your Sean Hannity's and stuff. I think you could deep fake him. Oh, you could easily, like, those people who just say the same shit or, or the... You could deep fake an Andrew Bolt column. Yeah. Just by feeding into a computer algorithm right now, like climate change and the ABC and blah, yeah. blah, blah. And, and occasionally use a pretentious term like barbarians. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, smirking, and, sneering left. But you would easily just get, like, a computer... You can do it now, where you just get, like... A, um, Writes you an article. Yeah, and they. But How just, about those clowns in Congress? They just a read all these previous articles. Yeah, and then they just be like, they the bot would be able to write yeah. a new article. Yeah. But would you use that? If Fox News are deep faking, what's the advantage of you deep faking your own talent? Uh, budgetary, because he's going to say whatever you want anyway. Well, maybe budgetary. maybe he leaves or something, or gets old, frail, or changes his mind. Yeah, that's true. Because then you could bring back like. You could get Richard Nixon back. Right. Richard Nixon on Fox yeah, News. Yeah, our new Tonight host is Richard Nixon. <laughs> yeah. We've deep faked him. Yeah, bring Ronald Reagan back. Yeah. All the best ones. <laughs> I mean, you could, you know, I actually, if this was like Robocop future, I could see a dystopian kind of Fox News where it's like, you know, they know it's a deep fake, but it's like, you know, uh, we're so upset with what's going on. What would Ronald Reagan say about this? Well, he's here to say, and he's like, I would, well, well, I would, you know, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And then they're saying, and that's what we think what Ronald Reagan would say. I reckon that would be yeah. something that'll happen. But also, like, you know, a lot of, like, quotes get passed around the internet that aren't actually the person who said them, said them. Just in that sort of way, you know, people would be yeah. like, people would eventually remember that they just heard Ronald Reagan say that Obama yeah. was a Muslim. <laughs> <laughs> oh man anyway the world's the world's fine guys everything's fine yeah I mean fucking hell it feels dystopian mm-hmm. but maybe it's not like that's the other thing that I'm like maybe we're just missing it like did, did every generation feel like their generation was the worst one and they were fucking up I mean I think there must be an element of that I think there must be an element of not in the eighties. On the eighties, <laughs> the eighties, everyone was on we're coke. Like, we are and the best. <laughs> like we are the we're best. Rich. There's no sexual harassment laws. <laughs> Everything is Everything's great. I'm gonna buy another Ferrari, pay for it in cash, and do shit tons of coke. That's when you want it to be. <laughs> yeah, the eighties. God, we were too young. If we'd just been born ten years earlier, we could just that could have been it. We just live the eighties. It would have been awesome. <laughs> Like, this party's never going to stop. Never going to end. We're all getting paid way too much for jobs that don't exist anymore. <laughs> the ladies. Fucking hell. What a time. Oh, man. Can't we get back to that? <laughs> well, even just the fact that it was probably, I oh, know, it was probably the 90s when... Um, would you yeah, say like in when t- all those movie stars started getting paid thirty million dollars a movie? Remember, there was a period where just in the 90s. every single movie star, yeah, they'd be just like, "This movie's come out, and this yeah. person's got paid thirty-five Demi million." Demi Moore, first actress to get twenty million yeah. for striptease. Yeah, yeah. What man? That's weird. 
<clears throat> I get, and it's always like um, but did, I work in commercial radio, you know, my day job, <clears throat> and there's always so many stories about you know the crazy old days of commercial radio oh, people yeah. like doing coke. Yeah, we took out the soundboard to replace blah, 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 it. We shook like, it and a bunch of coke fell yeah, out. Yeah, right now. I just like because I just go mm. like the place that I go to work in is a professional office. Now, mm. the the idea that at some stage when people did my job, they were going in and like, yeah. doing heaps of coke oh, and man, like locking the studio and people having everybody's gun. <laughs> every old school actor I work with, there's like a generation of Aussie actors, particularly blokes who came up in the seventies. Like you know, came out of NIDA when it was just, you know producing like you know Mel Gibson, Jeffrey Rush. And they reminisce about the Australian film industry in the 70s and 80s like it was the fucking Wild West. Like, it's always like, we were doing so many drugs and so-and-so fucking rode his motorbike nude to set and blah, blah, got into a punch-on with a director and then had beers afterwards. It was great. Like, I remember one guy <clears throat> complaining that, you know, on a film set, like, you know, the grips move the cables and, you know, the you know set department, you know, everyone has their departments all, like, completely compartmentalised. I remember one old actor being like, mate, back in the day, you fucking light a cigarette and you'd carry the cables down and read the lights. This is fucking bullshit now. Everyone's so suffering. I'm like, you heard of insurance? <laughs> like, you know how much someone could sue you for if you pick up one of their cables and get, like, an electric shock? But that is why it's all changed, is insurance. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, and those sort of things, which is, yeah. it all had to be cleaned up. You can't let people do any of that anymore. What well, is interesting? When you said before off air when I showed the deep fake about like it's done for us, like yeah, and that's what I think is sort of happening at the moment with this kind of reaction, this kind of reaction to sort of like progressiveness is people being like, "What?" Like everyone's freaking out. It's like, yeah, but if this is what the kids want, like our time has passed. I don't know if I've told this story before, but when I was doing Home and Away, we did a, a shootout in Canberra. Uh, for three days and traditionally when you go on a location shoot like it is a bit of a party like people like to meet at the hotel and have a drink after the you know end of the day's shooting or whatever and the last day so you know last day before the weekend we'd wrapped everyone goes back to the hotel and so the crew and the director and we all go down for beers but all the young kids in the show like checked out at like 9 p.m and they all went to bed early and then the next morning they're up at the gym and like, having wheatgrass shots and all of us were like hey you know drinking till like late at night and stuff and then i was like isn't that funny? Because I, I was like, oh, they're young. I want to party. And it's like, no, no. <laughs> they looked at us and they're like, I don't want to do what you guys do. That's, that's old man behavior. <laughs> that's not fun. Yeah, no, we're definitely, we, we had our shot. You know, some of it worked out okay. Some of it didn't. Yeah. But it's time for, the, like, you can at least see the next generation really emerging now. Yeah. Rather than it being you know, kind of an exception here or there. Yeah. It now is like, oh no, it's their world now. We like basically- across all the sort of sports, yeah. art forms, public uh, you know, discussion, you can see this whole new generation of people and ideas and worldviews. But we are, we are facing, we're at an age now where we are facing that choice where we can start closing off and dismissing everything new that's presented to us as being too complicated and, misinformed and blah 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 and I don't get it blah 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 oh, and just getting closed thank off God. that's what I'm taking that one <laughs> or you, ah. can, you can try and be like that you know that person like for me that was my mum like she just kind of she just sort of actually just got more open minded as she got older she actually used it as an opportunity to go like you know what like I'm gonna get wise like I'm gonna my life experience rather than just immediately kind of like be like no that's scaring you 
I won't necessarily know how to use my mobile phone, but I'm going to assume that you know there's some benefit from it, and I'll be open to it. She didn't. She didn't manage to close herself off to anything. I think that's the challenge because I do get confused. Like I, there was some. Uh, this is why one of the reasons I got off Twitter. I got into this. Watch this thread degenerate when someone was talking about the proper uh, anagram to use the LBGTQI. Is this anagram? Is that the right word? Uh, yes. Yeah. The right, whatever the correct use was. And this person was saying, hey, just... Uh, anagram? I don't know. Acronym? Acronym, maybe. Acronym. Yeah. Okay. Anagram's an front, anagram now? Front, front back. Is that right? I don't know. That's a palindrome. Uh, <laughs> is that a palindrome? <laughs> anagram. Uh, it's spelt the acronym. same backwards and forward is a palindrome. Right. What's an anagram? I don't know. Is that if you rearrange the letters in a... I don't like, know. Like, you know, so like... Uh, sworn denial is an anagram of uh, right. Will Anderson. Okay, so acronym is the letters of the thing. Yeah, so yes. so yeah, an acronym, yeah. So anyway, this person was saying, hey, helpful, here's, here's how you should pronounce it, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And then someone responded like, well, I was told this. And then someone said, well, that's not right. And then someone said, but I was told this. And, and like it quickly degenerated. And I was like, okay, because I was getting tense reading it because I didn't understand and... I started thinking, well, the best thing to do right now is just be like, it's too hard. I won't. I'll just close myself off and, and just won't bother. Like, then I was like, no, no, maybe just read it <laughs> and try and understand. And sort of, I think if you go into these things going like, yeah, there's going to be fucking developments in human relations and technology and stuff that I'm not going to understand. And that is completely okay. But I think I want to be in the camp of being like, I don't understand this. Can you explain it? Oh yeah, absolutely. Rather than this is bullshit. You know, this is people, you know, it didn't used to be like this, so it can't be like this, this now. Yeah. And I, also, no guarantee that I will understand it once you explain it to me. And I'll probably make a bunch of mistakes. But, you know, but also there, there is a good point in there where you're like giving someone also who's trying to do their best the benefit of the doubt and then edging them that little bit extra, which is sort of going, if somebody was like, and I don't know what the correct, but it, say it was... LGBTIQA or whatever, you know, whatever. That that was what, and they were saying, well, actually it should be this way or that. And you'd be like, oh, great. I was trying to do the right thing. Yeah. The person who was saying that in the first place was trying to say the right thing. Somebody else says, oh, you know, actually it's, like it's a bit more like this. And they both go, great. Yeah. You know. That's not how it went down. No. <laughs> <laughs> and it's also because to me, it's like, I was trying my best. I, and then you go, well, well I acknowledge you were trying your best. Well, I and then I see you a person trying your best. I'm a person who knows a little bit more. I'll offer you in a friendship way. Yeah. This extra bit of information. And you'll go, Oh, thank you. It's it's good to know that. I think because there was at one point someone said because the per, one person wrote that, and if you do say it, you do muck it up, don't laugh. And someone was like, "Well, hang on, like contextually, like if I'm laughing, I'm not like trying to. I'm just I'm, it's my own embarrassment. I will attempt to get it oh, right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. But you know, but then that person said, "No, that's like a sign." And, and then it's like, "Well, hang on. Now you're talking about like modifying my behavior. Like I understand I'm trying to get it right, but like if I make a mistake, how about you?" understand that this is difficult for me it was just like it was a complete like rabbit hole it was so fascinating but it did make me be like all right well i think i'm on the side of the guy who's like look i'll give it a crack may get it wrong <laughs> if i laugh then that's because i'm embarrassed but my my intentions are good like do not take my uh, clumsiness or, or 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 getting it wrong as being some kind of disrespect i can barely remember people's names and so if you're asking me to re re remember something like that, then I'm going to probably make some, a mistake from time to time, especially if it changes. 
a lot. Well, I think the the, the probably part of the issue over the, the, the kind of pres- prescriptive naming is that there's been things added to it, right? Because as it's tried to become more inclusive, you know, there's been a sort of broader definition. And there hasn't been like a public service announcement where that just gets sit down and explained to everybody. Mm. People are just meant to pick it up. Yeah. And then people have different, you know, ideas. Yeah. You know, people from within the community, the people you should listen to. Some people, you know, like some people would think that queer is a slur. A slur whereas you hear a lot of queer people use queer as a, a, an overall mm. term, but then there are some people who go, oh, that well, queer only refers trans. to this. And, and that's a debate that I'm like, well, whatever that community thinks is right, I'll just be like, I'll go with whatever you guys. Like, it's your... Yeah, just let me know. You, you let me know <laughs> and I'll use it. Absolutely. I feel like this is, you know... And, you know, like you said, try to understand why there is debate over those things. Mm. Try to listen to people. But also don't assume... The one that always gets me is when someone's like, well, if they can say queer, why can't I say queer? I clearly understand why you can't. Mm. Like, I always think it's that's the same a, thing as like, it's like... But it's such an idiotic argument when someone says, well, if they can say it, why can't I say it? I'm like, yeah. well, I can understand why they're two completely different things. Why can't yeah. you understand why they're two completely different things? But I don't think it's... it's To me, it's not even like they say, oh, can I say queer? It's like, well, I think it's dependent on your relationship with that person if they're a very good you can say the most horrendous things yeah. to your good friends because there is an understanding that like you know there is no maliciousness behind it or whatever but yeah you can't just drop it out of nowhere like, it's like what are you queer well, like, well sometimes like you i'll meet people from the podcast who's like oh i'm gonna go up to charlie and make fun of his hands and oh, i'm always yeah. like no will can do that yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> We've been mates for like a long time. Uh, I don't know you. And I know you feel like you know me, but you want to come up and make fun of my hands. That's kind of insulting, especially if that's what you're opening with. Yeah. <laughs> Work up to it. Yeah, what I'm saying is we've added uh, an extra couple of initials. Uh, TA for tiny hands. Uh, t- <laughs> tiny hands. It's a cockney. Hands, mate. <laughs> cockney people with tiny hands. Look out, I've got my tiny hands here. I can barely clean the chimney, gov. <laughs> Chim chimney, chim chimney with the tiny hands. <laughs> How long have we done? Uh, we have done uh, 52 Oh, minutes. have we really? Yes. Okay, let's get to some sticker packs, sticker sheets. Uh, no regular team mail this week. We've given a good shot the last couple of weeks. We need to give away some more sticker packs because okay. our Patreon subscribers will. Patreon.com slash TOEFOP. It's the best way to go to uh, support this podcast, this nonsense. Uh, if you enjoy it, um, you can contribute uh, for, you know, as low as a dollar. As low as a, a dollar, month. as high as um, a billion. As high as whatever money you want to contribute. And that money goes to, you know, paying the people who help us make sure that this podcast comes out. And, you know, we've got some other ideas and plans and stuff, especially for things we might do around next year and, and 10 years of the podcast and stuff. But we will need, you know, some money yeah. to do those things. So if... Um, if you are interested in us doing some more things with the podcast, Patreon's a great place to go. Uh, there's heaps of James Fosdyke's work there. Um, everyone relax the comic strip, uh, Quantum Cop that Charlie and James do together, which is absolutely brilliant. Uh, there's all sorts of um, extra bonus content, the live filming of uh, the James Fosdyke live podcast we did during the Melbourne Comedy Festival, and there's going to be a heap of other stuff there as well. So patreon.com slash Tofop. Join up there. Just a dot. Like, you know, a dollar's good. 
you know, we it's good to have that regular money that comes in. So mm. we appreciate everybody who supports the podcast. And also, if you can't financially support the podcast at the moment, but you want to support somehow, then you can always give us a great review on iTunes because that really helps get us up in the charts. It actually does help. That's really annoying. Does. And, uh, but it does. Yeah. And, um, you know, write a review. Give us some stars, write a review. And you can also go to YouTube. And we've got a couple of brand new clips up there. So we've been getting these animations done, these little kind of like one-minute edits that are now all up on YouTube because Will made me realize last week that we'd been getting this stuff made for about two months now and I haven't been uploading the YouTube channel. So they're all up there. So if you go there, do us a huge favor and share them with your mates. If you've got anyone who thinks might like it, put it on your Facebook page, put it on Twitter, subscribe to the YouTube channel. There's new stuff going up all the time. There's Lessons for Life, the web series we made at the start of the year. There's Q&As. There's a bunch of info, uh, a bunch of entertainment, entertainment, <laughs> a bunch of content. For all your entertainment For all your entertainment needs, go to Tofop TV on YouTube. Now, here's a letter from Matt. To Colin Fop. Hey guys, just saw the trailer for Brightburn. A film, um, this is June 16th. <laughs> a film where Superman appears to be an evil character instead of a good one. Just curious about what other superhero characters you think would make uh, a good film if their character was flipped. Thanks for the years of content and long live the Tofop universe. <laughs> Matt, strong finish. Uh, okay, who are you flipping on your head? Batman is a villain. Batman kind of is a villain. Yeah. Anyway. Flipped it on their the head. The Joker is a good guy. That would I'd like to see that. Yeah. Well, is that kind of what they do? He asks people how... He, 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 you want to know how I got their scars? And then he empathises with trouble they've had in their life. Uh, he goes, we've all got scars, man. You tell me about your problems. That Joaquin Phoenix film looks like that's what they're doing. Um, he's not... Anti-hero. He's not going to be a good guy. Right now, no, but he? he's an anti-hero. Like, it's like the Godfather. Michael Corleone ends up a gangster by the end of it. He'll end up the Joker, but he's still oh, the spoilers. hero. Spoilers. <laughs> spoilers, mate. JD writes in, Hey, Tofop. Long-time listener, second-time message sender. Thanks for the sticker page. He hasn't included his address. That's very okay. noble. Nice. So, I've got an idea for a bit of a game segment you could try. For pattern subscribers, I think he meant Patreon. It's probably auto uh, spell check, which is hopefully both fun and on brand. I have no idea what made me think of it. It just popped into my head. All oh, this will be good. <laughs> At the end of an episode, if you... <laughs> oh, my iPad just collapsed. At the end of an episode, if you grab a topic you've talked about, and Mike Hal posts the Wikipedia page on the Patreon, and you can get Patreon users to compete to find the shortest number of click links back to the Tofop Wikipedia page. Do you get that? So, they go to the web page. So, what did we talk about in this episode? Um, uh, AI, uh, deep fakes. Okay, so they go to the Tom. They go to a Tom Cruise Wikipedia page, right? Yeah. And then they have to click on hyperlinks. Yeah. On the page to find their way back to the Tofop page. Okay. In the shortest amount of links. Oh. It would okay. take forever. Take forever. <laughs> the fun of this would be the Wikipedia pages you could explore on the show as you verify the winner each week. All right, so it's like a six degrees of tofopation right. yes. kind of thing. Sure. As for the prize, I've got an idea that might be off-brand in that it doesn't cost you any money. <laughs> you could record the winner a custom voicemail message each week that my cow could just cut out the audio from the podcast and send to the winner. Just a random thought. Thanks for reading my reasonably random, random ramblings, Charlie, and thanks for the years of content. Um, we've sort of talked about that, haven't we? Doing like answering machine messages on our 
website and stuff at people to download. And being patreon.com slash tofop. We could do some more stuff. We really should. We really should. <laughs> we really should do some more stuff. All right. This is from um, Philip. I, I want to read his last name. I'll tell you off air. It's good. <laughs> Two golden fop. Hey, Tofop. Hey, Will and Charlie. Long time listener. First on Patreon subscriber. Well, to anything. Not just you guys. Oh, okay. I've been listening to the pod since 2010. I started listening while doing my casual paper run job in high school. Impressionable. I've been a loyal listener since, and you boys have got me through med school and into the workforce. Cheers. Another doctor. doctor. Tofop University. (laughs) Another graduate of Tofop Uni. In about 10 years, and it's a bunch of malpractice suits, we'll know that... (laughs) Which which doctors have been through so good news for our medical care in our older years? Oh yeah, (laughs) it's like I'm broke. I'm living in a home and my body doesn't work, and some doctor takes care of me. You must talk about jizzing in someone's eye socket. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. You just see you wake up in hospital. It's like I can't afford this. It's okay. Yeah, everyone relax. (laughs) (laughs) With all the bin talk of late, I thought I'd share a hard rubbish related tale of my own. I'm in. A few years ago, I lived opposite an old bloke who rented trailers from his house. This will be important later. Okay. We've good. read this before. Oh, have we? I apologize. Again, I've done this, I did this last week as well. <laughs> he won a sticker pack. <laughs> this is the letter. But he sent us a follow-up email, which is what I clicked on it. So his follow-up email says, Hey, I heard my letter on the pod. It was the proudest moment of my life. Well, you've just heard it twice. And then he sent me his address. So obviously I sent him a message to say, give us your address. You want us to get back. Philip, you've got a sticker pack coming your way. You've done it again, Philip. Okay. This is from Michael. (laughs) Can I get through one episode where I don't fuck up the letters? Like, how hard can it be? It seems that you cannot. Oh, that means we can't claim another doctor either. Oh, it's the same one. Doctor. Yeah. Boo. <laughs> Take that. Send your sticker back pack. Sticker pack pack. Okay, this is from Michael. Two Colin Fop. Salutations, Will and Charlie. First up, thanks so much for the great entertainment and the many laughs on this mad as shit pod. Thank you, Michael. Wicked, man. Mad as shit. I'm turning shit. my cap backwards and I'm putting on my No Fear t-shirt because I'm mad as shit. What, what? Yeah. Hey, Will, why don't you put on some Limp biscuit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mad as shit. Mad as shit. Mad with the double D. <laughs> I drink monster energy drink because I'm mad as shit, shit. motherfucker. <laughs> I first started listening to the pod two years ago and went forward from that time and then I caught up. But about two months ago, I finally finished listening to all the old ones <laughs> going backwards from that point. Benjamin Have we read this before? Benjamin Button style? I feel like that gag's been made before. <laughs> yeah. And finishing with the first step. I know, we haven't read this step before. Sorry. I pause because I've just been reminded of what the first episode was called. I'll be going backwards from that point, Benjamin Button style, and finishing with the first episode. Can you remember? No. Super piss. Super piss. Oh. Does Superman have super piss? Still, I mean, I still could question. <laughs> That's exactly what it sounded like. So it practically forced me to subscribe to your Patreon to help pay for my cal. That man and his labor are worth his weight in gold. We agree. And I'm sure my cal will put in some hilarious little, like, cut thing. You are correct, Charlie. However, I try to limit my hilarious little cut things to content that furthers the narrative of the show. In this case, 
I will simply say thank you to you, and Will, and listener Michael for the kind compliment. Now if you'll excuse me, I'm going to do a quick search to find out how much 195 pounds of gold is actually worth. Holy shit! Guys, we're going to need a bigger Patreon. You know, he likes to do that, Mike Hal, we find out. Likes to insert himself, little Mike Hallisms into the show. Yeah, at the moment they all seem fine, but eventually he's going to have like a manifesto. <laughs> <laughs> One day, just gonna, this is the last episode we recorded two and a half hours long. <laughs> right in the middle. <laughs> if, like if, you play, if you play our episode backwards, Mike Hal sends you a secret message about <laughs> the cult he's starting in the hills of like the mountains of Colorado. Um, I also want to thank you for teaching me a lot about the world of comics. Really? My fiance is very much a comic nerd. And in spite of all he's told me, it's been an art I've known nothing about. Thanks to you, I'm now mildly conversant. Is that a word? Conversant? Conversant? I'm mildly conversant in the concept. Well, my, woo, bloody damn. <laughs> Michael, conversant. Uh, in the concept of a universe and of a vague awareness of how all the 2 billion and 300, 2 billion 34 million. 234,670,590,938 superhero movies for the last 20 years fit together. Oh. I've read a big number, Will. I oh, know. You really didn't need to get so fucked up on that number that wasn't an accurate number anyway. Citation oh. needed. <laughs> the universe concept got me thinking. Mm. The Aussie journos Annabelle Crabb and Lee Sales have a podcast, Chat 10 Looks 3. Mm -hmm. And just like you guys, they just talk random shite with each other and it's brilliant. I think that would be extremely insulting to them if they heard that you guys are the tofop of the abc <laughs> sorry guys you two well-respected journalists <laughs> although they have uh, they talk more about culture books and cooking <laughs> than subtle dicks hidden in graphic arts and afl <laughs> that is really that's it i mean chat 10 looks three brings you culture books and cooking we bring you subtle dicks in graphic art and afl <laughs> We're diametrically opposed. They occasionally lapse into ribald or ribald, ribald. What do you say? Uh, ribald? Ribald? Ribald. 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 Ribald for your pleasure? Yeah. They occasionally lapse into ribald lols. Lee Sales once shared her thoughts about an orgasm being wasted if you jerk off in a toilet. Oh, Did she really sound like an early toilet episode? <laughs> Lee Sales. <laughs> This is the same like <laughs> late line Lee Sales. Seven no, seven no, was she? She late line of seven thirty report. report. Yeah, Lee Sales. Yeah, she formerly talk, of late line. So let me get Lee this straight. Award-winning author, Lee Sales. Michael is. I'm not saying this, but Michael is saying Lee Sales once shared her thoughts about an orgasm being wasted if you jerk off in a toilet. How come that's not in the Daily Telegraph? Like. I mean, they love to take controversial statements from people off podcasts and make articles about them. And also... What was she talking what, about? What context was that in? And also, that's not true. <laughs> orgasm being wasted if you jerk off in a toilet. Yeah, yeah no, it's up to you, totally fine. up to you. It's it's not one, totally no. Every orgasm sacred. Exactly. No, not one's a waste, mate. Orgasm's waste not one, 
<laughs> jerking off into a toilet. I'm sure there'd be plenty of people out there who'd be like, that's the only time of my day that I actually enjoy with these fucking children in there. <laughs> my question is this. If Tofop and Chat 10 did an episode together <laughs> yeah. where the universes collided, how would you get along and what would you talk about? Well, clearly we're talking about, about the top. issues we have over this whole fucking <laughs> Jerking up in a toilet. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah. Uh, sorry about the novel length of this message. Seriously, thank you so much for the pod, Michael. And he's written in brackets, hashtag Mike Howell Solidarity. P.S. If you think this uh, message deserves a sticker, send it here. And you're definitely going to get one. In Australia? Yeah, Michael. Okay. Well done, Michael. You'll send him one. Do you want to do one more? Maybe yeah. give two away if this yes. is any good. Why not? No pressure, Emily. Oh, that's a long one. Good. This will finish us off. This will finish us off like <laughs> me in a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Charlie and Will. Here's another tantalizing Tofop tidbint. Tidbint? Because of bins. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Emily wrote in brackets. It'll make sense in a second. No, no. Got it yeah, straight away. No, no. Makes sense now. <laughs> let me start by saying that I've been looking for a reason to email you for months okay. in capitals last year as Tofop's fax crisis was unfolding oh god that's it like, doesn't that seem like ages ago the fax machine what a misguided we need another one of those Tofop needs another manufactured crisis a misguided adventure yeah I mean that's what like good self-promoters do we just get into the press for all the wrong reasons the fax machine was a big mistake. It blew up in our face. We need more like that. I mean, me hitting myself in the throat with a bottle cap <laughs> was, was kind good. of like a microcosm of that it philosophy. But we need we need something else to blow up in our faces. Yes. Send us some ideas. What should we get involved in that'll blow up in our face? Last year's time. <laughs> we should launch our own cryptocurrency. <laughs> Fire Festival 2. Last year's Tofop's Fax Crisis was unfolding. <laughs> there you go. For the one for the for the ten year, yeah, a Tofop festival, a tofop festival, <laughs> like Wayne Stock, Tofok, yeah, to, stop, to, Tofop Stock, Tofest. How do we do that? Tofop a loser. Does that mean like? Does that mean we have like little mini stages where we have like John Deeks on a little stage and Mike Howell on a little stage? <laughs> I don't know how we, people associated with the show over I the years. I don't know how we would do it. Dave Anthony, Tofest. What if Fest. we did like a Tofop festival? How do we do it? I don't know. Right, yet. We'll, we'll talk about it off air. Yeah. <laughs> if you want us to do a toe fest, I mean, it just have to be one day. I don't think people need to camp. No, but I think we but, need to run a festival experience, like maybe in our style. We run a festival experience where there's like main stage, side stage. There's all kinds yeah, of yeah. Like, well, there'd be specific shows around themes, like yeah, musings yeah. about <laughs> you know Batman or like you know the hypothetical stage or the but we should run it in just like one space yes. like it's a miniature festival site yes so I think there's like it's like in just one area where there's like little stages and so like you can have little things going on all the time and then you know the last act we've come out like do a toe yeah. but like we have all like us yeah and we we can give people wristbands yeah. <laughs> drugs <laughs> Drug sniffer dogs, I said at the gate. Did you didn't let me finish? I said drugs. I drug let, sniffer dogs. I did let you finish. And you just said drugs. <laughs> you let me finish. Sniff, sneezing. <laughs> drug sniffer dogs. All right. Uh, as last year's Tofop's fax crisis was unfolding, my partner and I had drafted a perfect fax, which sadly never made it to you. RIP oh, no. fax. Full of anecdotes on Tofop's most relatable topic to date. 
bins. You see, we were in a bin war of sorts with a local paper delivery man who regularly used our rubbish bin to dispose of his daily paper round list, even though they were recyclable and they've also and they also contained personal information about his customers. Okay. We blackmailed him a little bit to cut it out. Why did you have to blackmail him? You're in the right. I mean, that's- you're not blackmailing him if you're saying, "Hey, buddy, we know you're dropping newspapers in our bin." Well, I guess you could blackmail him in the... Well, don't Get him out of there or we'll call we'll, your boss. Uh, yeah, we'll dob you in. We blackmailed him a little bit to cut it out and eventually the crisis was over. Hang on, who's this guy again? He's a, a paper delivery person. No, yes. paper delivery man, right. So he's got a paper route. Clearly he's not delivering all his papers or if someone's not yeah. home or whatever. Local paper delivery man. So it's not like... And he's yeah. just dumping them in their bin. Yeah, but not the recycle bin, just a regular yeah. bin. We subsequently moved house, not because of the bin war, I swear. And we are now blessed with two rubbish bins at our new rental. Bliss, no more bin wars. My partner and I have a bin each. Thus, I thought I'd never get the opportunity to email you about this passion topic of mine until now. Now, firstly, I just love the idea that uh, her partner and her... Got a bin each. Got a bin each. Now, I've heard of like having... Well, I have separate bathrooms in my house. Um... But separate bins. Yeah. I don't think they have separate bins. They have a bin each in that. Oh, okay. If oh, we, in my head, I was like... Yeah, it's not like his like, and don't, hers. Don't you put your rubbish in with my rubbish. I don't want your lady-shaved products <laughs> going in with my man-shaved products. I was going for an evening walk around my new neighborhood and absentmindedly thinking about whether I had any episodes of Tofop to catch on mm-hmm. to improve or worsen the suffering, depending on the topic of the pod. Of cardio, hang on, wait a minute. I was thinking about whether I had any episodes of Tofu to cap up to catch up on to improve or worsen the suffering, depending on the topic of the pod, of my cardiovascular exercise. Okay. Suddenly, my thoughts were interrupted as I nearly trip over the most Tofu relevant situation in my life. It had recently been on. It had recently been bin day, and outside a house in my street were two black dog poo bags. On top, of a, uh, on top of a note which read word for word as follows. Charlie, please do not read this next part. Uh, please read this next part in your best angry bin man voice. Okay. okay. This is the letter. Please do not dump your dog poo in my rubbish. In brackets. It is clearly once a week and not a public rubbish bin. Cheers. No, cheer. In then brackets, not a typo. That's her editorial. Bin owner. <laughs> he signed it Bin Owner. Do you think his actual name was Bin Owner? Like bin in a cosmic coincidence. Owner, comma, Bin. <laughs> like he's, I mean, it sounds it's almost like an Arabic name matched with like a Swedish name, Bin Owner. Like maybe his parents were oh, like. Osama Bin Owner. <laughs> okay. Some grumpy bin owner had dug through his bin to extract these misplaced dog poos. Right, so he'd fucking... How did she know that he dug? they dug them out? They might have been sitting on top of the bin. Yeah, exactly. That might be a bit of public Doesn't license. Matter. Some grumpy bin owner had dug through his bin to extract these misplaced dog poo bags and decided to shame the owner or the owner shame. of the owner, depending on how you look at the situation, in the middle of the street. Is this crossing the line? I certainly think so. Please discuss. To validate my claim, please see attached photo of ridiculous bin shaming. I can't figure out how to send a photo via Patreon, so I've posted it into the community section. Okay, have a look. Okay. P.S. My partner and I are both doctors and... 
Charlie. Both doctors. Charlie. We lost one, we got two. <laughs> we got two. Two doctors, married, <laughs> and they're still together. We went on two fronts, three fronts. Two individual doctors plus a successful marriage. What a journey. We lost one, and then we gained two. Better. Better doctors, I, no, I, I, I would much say. Much better doctors. Wow. My partner and I are both doctors. Yeah. <laughs> We're so like, like we never, have any... Never be more proud, proud of the podcast. My partner and I are both doctors. <laughs> you and I host this podcast like we're Jewish mothers. We only care if our listeners are doctors. <laughs> My partner and I are both doctors and love discussing Topop's take on healthcare <laughs> and various ailments, especially Charlie's ears and whether eczema is contagious. <laughs> PPS, here's my email address in the hopes of winning a sticker pack so I can put a TOEFOP sticker on or in my bin so potential bin bandits know they're part of a wider community. Uh, yeah. Yeah, excellent. You're getting a you're getting a sticker pack as well. Yeah. What a great! That was totally worth it, Emily. Um, I'm gonna have to write back to you because but you yes, sent me your address. I, I believe uh, to answer the question. That's it, enough, or it, no? It's over the top. It feels it feels a bit over the top, but at the same time, I don't think that you should be putting your. It depends again on when those dog poo bags are going in. If they're going in when it's just left out on the street, yeah, totally. that's fine. But if this is a situation, for example, where the bin has been emptied. You know, by the rubbish collection. It's a brand new bin. And he comes back to like drag it inside and he looks inside there and there's a couple of fresh, dog poo bags yeah. freshly in there put into an empty bin out on the street. Then I think he's actually being completely... Within his rights? Within his rights. Do you ever write, write angry, angry... Do you ever bag. write angry notes? No. I do. But within within their rights. Yeah. I, um, I've eased up on the dog poo since the discussions on this show where I will try and put it... There's a couple of bins that are just asking for it. <laughs> there's one bin, I swear, it's asking for it. It looks like I have no owner. It's, it's, it's next to a house that's adjacent to a park, but it sits more on the park side. So I'm saying, well, it's maybe the park's bin? It might be a park bin. It's not. Oh, <laughs> you know it's not? I know it's not. Oh, okay. But it's asking for it. <laughs> Says that on the bloody side sidewalk. I'm going to drop my, my dog poo in that. But apart, I've been trying to put it more in public bins because um, I, I think you're right. I don't look. I don't give people put dog shit in my bin. I don't give a fuck. But I'm trying to be more accommodating to you, finicky motherfuckers who <laughs> think that your bin is sacred. What well, doesn't happen to me? This isn't even from personal experience because my bin. What is that noise, by the way? Um, a drill of some kind. Okay. Why is there a drill sound? Is that coming from next door? It's coming from next door. It'd be Phil. Is someone drilling a hole through the wall? It'd be Phil with his drill. All right. Cool. No, Phil, my next door neighbor, yeah, who's an adventurer. Yeah, Beck um, and Will's. He's, he's about to go off on another, another um, adventure. adventure. <laughs> and so he's probably out the back drilling something in his garage. Building something Building something masculine. he's about to take on his adventure. Yeah. He's in his mid-70s. He's building his bear fighting suit. Yeah. He'll just be building something to rub it in my face. Yeah. <laughs> How I can't do anything a man should be able to do. Uh, we mentioned it before, but the best way to support the show is on patreon.com. You can also go to tofop.com to the check it out. The drill is really... I don't think they're going to hear of, it, will I mean, yes, but just so that people know, it does seem to get louder. And louder. 
You can go to tofop.com to check out our other podcasts, Philosophy, Two Guys, One Cup, Fofop. New episodes of each and all are up there. Uh, you can go to Facebook if you want to send, if you want to get in touch or meet other people who like the show. There's a Facebook, uh, there's a Facebook, what do you call them? Like a, a, not a fan group, what are they called? Facebook group uh, called The Tea Room, which is all Tofop uh, listeners. And it's actually a pretty good place. I've been on there a few times. I've checked it out. I've floated in and you all seem like good people and you all seem to enjoy the show and you'd like to have discussions and share memes. That seems to be what it is at this stage. I have never checked in, but I like the fact that you have and it seems like okay. I'm keeping an eye on things. Thanks, <laughs> I'm, I just, I'm just waiting. If you could just until, put your eye in there. <laughs> yeah, there was, like, there was an incident about six months ago where it was a debate about free speech. <laughs> and it got a little... And this dude was appealing... I did feel godlike yeah. because there was a dude in the comments like appealing for some kind of Will or Charlie ruling on this debate. But I was like, uh-uh. <laughs> like, you guys just, you sort this out, please. Just be nice to each other. Let's not call yeah. each other names. But and- just remember the mission statement of the podcast. Yeah. Everyone relax. Everyone relax. Cool things for cool people. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Manifesto, chapter 37. Love making. The three and only three positions acceptable for the process this podcast is part of the planet broadcasting network visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates i mean if you want it's up to you